How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colorful, passionate, absorbing, Expensive. Venal. Infuriating. Exasperating. Time-consuming. Depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week where there's a new number one in the list of the three most depressing sentences in the English language, they are at three, live, the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. Two, live, the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympic Games. <laughs> and new this week from the BBC, live, text coverage of the opening ceremony <laughs> of the Winter Olympic Games. <laughs> oh, my God, the spirit of Set Blatter alive and well at the Beijing Winter Olympics, wasn't yes. it? <laughs> that, the self-aggrandizing speeches, you know, the Nobel Prize committee nudging kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a beacon of peace to all peoples. Yes. Apart from the Uyghurs, who don't have a telly in their concentration camp, apparently. <laughs> so they haven't really got into the curling. <laughs> it was also a week in which uh, Boris Johnson, God, hold on to you, lunch, apparently sang I Will Survive as he appointed Gitto Harry to be his new... It's a good name, isn't it? Gitto. Great name. Yeah. Great name. To be his new communications director, uh, as if he wasn't, you know, turning our stomachs enough yeah. in, in normal progress. Yeah. But angling for his next career move, perhaps, appearing on The Masked Singer in a giant turd costume. Sort of <laughs> but the bombshell news, the real bombshell news this week. Um, Channel 5, Drop Neighbours. Yeah. I hadn't realised that um, that Channel Five were actually, you know, weren't just buying in episodes. They were actually financing the whole. They, you know, they were spending so much on it. They were financing the yeah, whole. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's built on British money, neighbours. Yeah, yeah. You know, hence um, they they come over here and do. As is do. the whole country of Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there is that. The ten pound poms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are you I mean, it's a little soon for me. I'm quite raw about it, Chris. You, you know, as, as someone oh, who I've lived with, that, that neighbours is. Well, I wouldn't say so much in my blood as as I'd go a further cliche. I'd go a further cliche. I'd go all the way to DNA. I think. DNA. <laughs> let's let's take that step. Your DNA, but <laughs> yes. just, and yeah. also, of course, neighbours. The theme tune to neighbours was written by 
Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch, the same people that wrote the Stoke City 1972 League Cup song. Oh my God, so you're practically like, related. Yeah, and it's 50 years since that, and it uh, just it just feels like something's ending. It's heartache, yeah. Mm. I mean, apparently the final straw was the Everton fans' treatment of Rafa Benitez. Do you know that? Right. You know, with a little understanding, they could have found the perfect blend. They could have you know, they The could, producers thought it's as if we'd been wasting our time pushing this message for 37 years, nobody's yeah. listening. And so they were all really depressed and gave up. And of course, neighbours, neighbours, you talk about adapt or die, you know, as you, as you and I both know, a neighbour was originally started uh, set in, in Alice Springs, wasn't it, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Where, where the, the neighbours were actually 16,000 kilometres apart yeah, and just, never saw each other. I'm just going out to the North Pasture. I'll see you a week on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of focus group said, they need to be closer. Need to be Bring closer. them closer in. Make, it, make a little cul-de-sac. Yeah. <laughs> they can play cricket on the, you, in the road. You, you know I've been on the neighbours' tour, don't you? Have you? <laughs> I went I went to see the Ashes in Australia yeah, yeah. and I actually missed a morning's play to go yeah. on the neighbours tour. Which Mainly was more, more important. Well, yeah, yeah my, my, my kids would never forgive me if I hadn't gone because they've always laughed about me. And they did this brilliant thing because obviously the test matches around around Christmas time and they said, we've got a got a bit of a special thing. First of all, Carl Kennedy was there, which is fantastic. <laughs> Carl Kennedy turns he, up on the tour. very much the William Roach of the whole he, enterprise, absolutely. isn't he? Yeah. And they said, oh, no, now because they're not actually filming at the moment, we've got a little bit of a special treat for you today. Uh, well, not only are we going to go to uh, Ramsey Street, which, by the way, isn't actually called Ramsey Street. <laughs> it's just another street. Anyway, never mind. And they said, we're going to take you to see the studio, you know, because they're not filming yeah. it, and you know this is a very rare thing that you get a chance to do because they they broke them for Christmas, and we drove into this into this uh, car park, right, and there's a big building, and they go. There it is. <laughs> and then drove out again. No, we weren't allowed onto the set or anything. They just pointed at the studio. Oh, man. I mean, I haven't watched Neighbours for years. I mean, we used to watch it, obviously, when you were uh, sleeping on the floor of my living room for three yeah. and a half years. You but, had no uh, choice. No, exactly. <laughs> but um, I remember I remember from at the beginning, it was like a sitcom. It was like it would, it would have perfectly formed little sitcom yeah. plots, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like when uh, Max Ramsey had a toothache and then he couldn't sleep because of his tooth and there was a dog barking and he sh- has a row with the bloke who's dog it is and then in the last scene he goes to the dentist and the dentist poises over him with the drill it's the bloke with the dog yeah, it's the bloke he's had the row with but isn't you know? it, and that incidentally is Sporting Sam I don't know whether you ever remember Sporting Sam which was a little <laughs> cartoon in which whatever sport Sporting Sam was going to be yes. doing that weekend on the way he'd have an argument with somebody and when he got there they were the ref it was oh. the same joke Every week. Sporting Max. Sporting Max Ramsey. Anyway, before we stroll at our leisure through the gold-trimmed halls of the luxury department store that is the Premier League, let us first wander into the depressing pound store where everything somehow costs a tenner that is the very bottom of the EFL, which is where my team, Oldham Athletic, currently the 91st placed member of the 92 club, still find themselves. And yet, Nick, all of a sudden, it's well turned upside down. After weeks of slip sliding further and further adrift, like a poorly aimed turd down the porcelain backboard heading for the inevitable flush. Suddenly things are going on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, on Tuesday evening, I don't know whether this ever happened to me before, on Tuesday evening was a full programme of League Two fixtures, seven of which you could reasonably think at a pinch uh, affected the relegation issue. And all seven of them went our way. It was absolutely staggering. Football never does that. On its best day, it'll allow one of your rivals to grab an injury time equaliser or something. But now, and even more staggering, I played football myself on Tuesday evening before watching the the game on iFollow, the the 
web thing. Yeah. And uh, and the team I was in won five nil. So we got I eight results in a row in a string on yeah. one evening. It was just it was, it was your, like it was your day of days, Chris. Well, it was like an episode of the Twilight Zone, and I was going to find out that the train I took to get to Battersea Park crashed, and I died, and I was actually in purgatory. And the bloke walking his dog, who said he was a scout for Leighton Orient, was really God testing me. Well, uh, yeah, but then what about all the other people on the train? Were they all old fans as well? Because otherwise, that doesn't really work. No, 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 no. They were all dead and heading somewhere else. Oh, okay, fair enough. It was just your own personal, private. It's my own personal test. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if it was real, (laughs) which I'm not sure it was, Oldham beat Bristol Rovers two-one at Boundary Park. We only had twenty-nine percent of the possession. I love it when when you win a game when you've only had twenty-nine percent of the possession. But we created way more chances. Should really have had more goals. Junior Luamba had a goal chalked off for offside when he clearly wasn't. And Callum Whelan had a Jeff Hurst-style crossbar bounce down that didn't count. Actually, no, not a Jeff Hurst-style, that's a Frank Lampard style, where it didn't count. And after the game, Joey Barton, uh, obviously, you know, an ostentatiously fair-minded man, the Bristol Rovers manager, said that the linesman should go to Specsavers because he could see it was three feet over the line from where he was in the dugout. Mm. And it seemed to bounce off the plastic frame that they have now at the bottom of the net. You know, and then bounce out from that, which is another it's another innovation that has made things a little bit more shit, which is kind of our mission statement. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and could have cost us points. We got no favours from the referee, even though his name was Scott Oldham. It's as no, if he, was it? Yeah, it's as if he bends over backwards not to show favouritism. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he'd enjoy coming to Barry Park. All the chants have come on Oldham, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, but it's like he, he, he's, he's more fair than, than is humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. You know. And two goals for Keeler Dunn, who's been misspelled all season on Sky Sports. And, uh, you know, it's a badge of pride to know that we're probably the only football podcast with a John Betjeman parody ready to drop at a moment's exactly, notice. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Keeler done, Keeler done. <laughs> Legs burnished and burned by Oldham Sun. Exactly. Yes. But extraordinary stuff. Carlisle lost, Barrow lost, Colchester lost, Rochdale lost, Stevenage lost, Walsall lost and sacked the manager. And the Oldham players were playing with, with belief. It's an amazing turnaround. I mean, three weeks ago, the heads had dropped. They were on the floor. They were gone when I went. You can mm. see the second goal went in. They were actually bent over at the waist with their you know, hands on their knees. They nothing, nothing going for them. But now we've got hope. And not just and, not just Hallam Hope, our makeshift centre forward and one man barn door preservation society. And who would have thought that you know the second coming of Christ would come in the shape <laughs> of John Sheridan? Oh, John of all Sheridan, people, you know, exactly. fantastic so thing. And that's seven points out of out of nine because we had a win away at Scunthorpe as well. The only team having a worse season than us so far. We grabbed a stressful one nil win thanks to a late overhead kick winner from Junior Luamba. Senior Luamba must be so proud. Yes, don't you think? I, you'd have thought so. Yes. <laughs> I've watched this game lots of times on the internet because you can do that now. You know, watch that highlights the next day and uh, all day because uh, really? I'm going to have to get rid of that VHS machine because <laughs> there was a bloke there was a bit where the Oldham fans spill out of the away end it was just packed yeah, yeah. and a bloke leapt over the uh, advertising hoardings barked his shin on the top and <laughs> went sprawling and then did that did that extremely painful limping <laughs> up to the up to the up to the, the mob of players yes. celebrating the goal and you'd know if a steward oh, went after him he would yeah. he'd have caught him at a stroll like there. being hugged by Douglas Barder but he could have got 200 quid off Harry Hill for it, it yes. <laughs> I don't think he pays the money himself does he Harry Hill I, I, I think it comes under budget for the programme. It's contractually, it has to. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, it's Harry Hill's well, money. That's, that's why he stopped doing it. Well, I don't but blame anyway. him. <laughs> so last, when we last spoke, 
you know, Nick, listeners, we yep. were eight points from safety, looking doomed, mountain to climb, etc., etc. Now we're just two points behind Carlisle the with a game, game in hand, hand. <laughs> and a game against Carlisle still to come. The third Chesurrection yeah. underway. And in this heady new atmosphere, my son John texted me to say he'd found a table with Oldham in fourth place. It was uh, Canadian freestyle ski jumper Megan Oldham just missed out on a medal is, in is Beijing. There, is, look, is there anybody in the world who isn't called Oldham now? It just exactly. seems incredible. Exactly. It's like the whole world of sport has been given over to yeah. the Chesurrection. Yeah, there used the to news be, of the Chesurrection. Exactly. There used, to be a, there used to be a landlord in Stoke who changed his name to Burnley because he's supported Burnley. And clearly, because of this programme, Chris, people are changing people are, their name are. to Oldham. <laughs> anyway, we should move on from the, the turd fest at the bottom of the EFL. Um, the most peculiar story of the week uh, concerned the paradox of Kurt Zuma's cat. It was simultaneously being slapped and not being slapped, depending on whether you're on TikTok or not. Mm. I mean, that, that's a uh, some life lessons for Kurt Zuma to learn there, don't you think? Yes, I'm. I'm, afraid, I'm. I might. I might have to have a bit of a rant here because I'm, I'm going. I have to say up front. Okay, this was a senseless and cruel act. All right, just like the kitten, yeah. kitten juggling and the jerk. You know, wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. Okay, let's accept it. It is wrong. Yeah. Right. So there's two hundred sixty thousand people have gone. Onto a petition to say that it's wrong. Nobody is arguing with Nobody's you. Saying this it's right. is a free hit. Okay, this is a free <laughs> hit to go. Look at me. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. All right. And who I want to know are they aligning themselves with? Because there yeah. is no opposition. There no, is nobody not even, out there saying these cats brought it on themselves. Not even Kurt Zuma. Not no. Not even nobody. Kurt Zuma. Nobody. 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 No, and, exactly. and, and given that we've mentioned John Betjeman, I'm going to do you another quote now. And this one's from the famous historian Macaulay. We know of no spectacle so ridiculous as the British public in one of its periodical fits of morality. And quite honestly, <laughs> that is exactly what's happening. Oh, it's an incredible amount of cant, isn't there, going on? But, um, can you say that? I don't, they're looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that David Moyes um, got, such a, got such a stick for picking him yeah. on the, uh, 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 for the game against Watford on Tuesday. Um, and, it, and Moyes said, well, you know, Zoom is one of his best players and he has to make a football decision. It's almost as if if Zuma was, you know, not one of his best players, he'd have dropped him. You know, <laughs> if he wasn't as good at football. You know. It's a vote of confidence. Listen, lads, there's one or two of you in this dressing room. If you throw and kick a cat, you're going to get picked. There's yeah. one or two of you, you're not. So, yeah. so think on. And the other thing that Moy said was, well, you know, he has to he has to obviously take care of the football side of things. Yeah. You know, how to get more distance on the cat. How to get a bit of a swerve if you catch it right on the valve. You know, yeah, and yeah. Th th these things are important. Don't you? Well, I just I think what what upsets me is 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 yes, of course, terrible, awful thing. <laughs> but you know, where are these voices? Where is the petition of two hundred sixty thousand people over the you know five thousand workers who've died in Qatar building the stadia? <laughs> you know, over China, over all of those things. That's what really, really upsets me. I think if you want a petition like that in this country, cats have to be building the stadium. They have to be building, have the, to be building the stadium. It has to be yes, like like some sort of uh, a goodies episode where a giant cat is building a stadium. <laughs> but also, I did see Chris Packham, who you know does great stuff. Yeah. Also loves to be uh, aligned with obvious truths. Um, he said, kids will see how Kurt Zuma treats defenseless animals and want to emulate him. Well, that's an education mm -hmm. thing, isn't it? That is not a Kurt Zuma <laughs> thing. That is kids being stupid. Well, it does turn out that nothing unites uh, football fans, West Ham and Watford fans on Tuesday, like a bit of cat abuse, for which, ironically, Kurt Zuma received dog's abuse. 
Yeah. Know, getting booed from all corners of West Ham's free taxpayer swindling stadium. Yeah. And then the RSPCA came, took his cats away took to his safety. Cats away, yeah. And if the crowd abuse carries on, maybe the PFA will turn up in a van and take Zuma somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Know. And did you know in the same week that Carl Reiser. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was actually um, uh, his case was closed about his cruelty. Was it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd paid a, a, a fine and, and promised never to uh, work in equestrianism again, and <laughs> and, and and it was over. But well, look, it was only because he was so good at equestrianism that it was an issue at all. Yeah, if, he'd yeah. been a, if he'd been a lousy equestrian, they'd have uh, they'd have uh, just dropped him, and that'd be an end. They would have. And I tell you, I tell you how easy a subject this is to back up. Even the PFA said something. So, you know, that tells you something, doesn't it? Because they've said all for weeks. <laughs> there was another strange moment this week. Do you see where Glenn Hoddle criticised Deli Alley for what he was wearing for dressing too casually at the Everton-Brentford game, at the Cup game? And he stopped just short of saying, tuck your shirt in, which would have been absolutely priceless. Yes. Glenn Hoddle was just the, the ultimate... Uh, shirt out rebel in his, well, absolutely. In his and, and socks around his ankles yeah, and, and, thus, and you know yeah. yesterday's rebel becomes today's establishment fuddy duddy yes and one day Deli Alley will be the chairman of the FAP, uh, yes, FA charging people with bringing the game into dispute yes. you know, poacher poacher turned shirt keeper <laughs> yeah uh, or something anyway anyway <laughs> yeah I mean I, we mentioned Beijing earlier and, the, uh, and obviously Beijing are, the, are like the forerunners this, this within this calendar year of, of Qatar's attempts to sport wash their yeah. their human yeah, rights yeah, yeah. Um, stuff it's and then Sports. It is a really low bar year, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, this sports washing thing isn't going very well, it seems to me, for, for China. I mean, the absence of diplomats from the US and the UK and the other top Western nations only really highlights, doesn't it, the, the Uyghur thing, the Uyghur situation and the other Chinese human rights issues. And not to mention the fact that there wasn't any real snow and makes the whole thing seem like the, the, the image is the, whole, is the whole purpose of it. Did you see, um, I don't know if you ever see, Jimmy Kimmel, the American comedian, had a, had a good line. He showed the ski jump which yeah. is in the middle of the, the city right. by the river yeah. um, with all its fake snow. No snow, sunshine, bright sunshine, yeah, no yeah. snow anywhere apart from on this slope. Um, and it was right next to two enormous smoke-belching cooling towers for some f- kind of foundry yeah. or other. Yeah. And he said it was ironic to see all the fake snow right next to the reason why we don't have winter anymore. Anymore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I didn't know. I hadn't, well, I'd, I'd, I'd read something about them creating all this snow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's so f- fake snow works, which makes me think that the next Winter Olympics could be in Tamworth, where they have the snow dome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. why not? Why not? Or in Qatar. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's all, it's, uh, the whole event seems to be more like sports soiling to me. At the very least, sports skid marking. Hmm. As Qatar may find later this year when they arrest people for having rainbow laces. You know, and sport will shine a spotlight on your country, show the world what you really have to offer. Shit, you don't want to do that. Do you know, but the thing is, especially about football, that, that, that you know, it's perfectly capable of wiping shit all over <laughs> everything without going to some well, sort of dubious regime. Isn't it, though? I mean, and this week, uh, of all weeks, the UK and Republic of Ireland football associations agreed on something. They've agreed not to mount a forlorn and doomed bid to host the 2030 World Cup, mm-hmm. which would be sports washing our <laughs> burgeoning hooliganism problem I, I yes. imagine well, but the British government commissioned a feasibility study into a joint bid about a year ago and spent about 2.8 million quid how did that cost so much? I don't know that's a lot of photocopying isn't it? Well you just need to get hold of one of those maps I got for Christmas where you scratch off the football grounds you've been to don't you? Yeah and basically. actually no, that was a couple of Christmases ago this time I got one with funny place names did you? Did you know there's a Roger Moore? No, <laughs> I'm not having it. There is, and you're... I'm not having that. <laughs> anyway, the feasibility of this seemed a lot more feasible, didn't it, a year ago, before the Euro final, when yeah. England fans turned Wembley Stadium into the US capital on January the 6th. I mean, it's a really... Uh, 
It's a really sort of sickening increase in football fan misbehaviour, really since the grounds were opened again after lockdown, as though they'd been saving it up, you know. But also in France. France and oh, yeah, no, terrible, everywhere. Terrible, terrible trouble. Everywhere, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw, I saw that Feyenoord played Ajax last week and um, the police... Uh, the- <laughs> The police sent in a dummy team bus for the Feyenoord fans to attack, <laughs> whilst the real team bus went a different way. Oh well, that's fantastic. It is quite good, fantastic. isn't it? Yeah, that's I mean, I mean, not pleasing in the sort of in the sense that any sort of violence is pleasing, but pleasing that they went to the they trouble of doing trouble. it. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the, as far as the the the, 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 uh, the European Championships and the World Cup it, uh, goes, it seems to me there are two major problems to this. One, we've just had. It, yeah, um, basically, yeah. and you know, basically, we have, yeah. And secondly, um, you know, you're saying to you, UEFA, um, we'd really like the World Cup, but do you know what? We think it's cheaper to yeah. have the European, and you know, and you, slightly sooner, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know whether you know this, but UEFA and FIFA don't like each other, they, don't like they each hate other. each other, so no. it's just so badly done. Well, no, I mean, it, it does feel it does feel sensible not to be letting ourselves in for the, that disappointment again after after our attempts to get 2018 and 2022, yeah, 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 those years ago. But Boris Johnson remained an enthusiastic backer of the idea, talking uh, fondly of the legacy of the 2012 Olympics, which he's uh, fond of taking credit for, hoping perhaps to bookend his career with more shots of him clumsily waving a giant flag and talking about whiff-waff. But uh, last time we had a bid, we had obviously former Prime Minister David Cameron, uh, David Beckham and Prince William fronting the bid for 2018. This time the feasibility study had uh, suggested Alex Salmond, Robbie Savage and Prince Andrew. So maybe it's, you know, for the best... I mean, we only got two votes last time, and one of those was us voting for ourselves. Well, yeah, but and also, this time, even the FA representative was leaning towards Uruguay. Yes, sorry, what for the Euros? <laughs> no, for the for the twenty thirty World yeah. Cup. Well, Uruguay is the favourites because oh, with yeah. the, the centenary of the first one, oh, of well, 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 that makes sense. I'm, who, but then, who would object to that? Well, because the, that, the World Cup itself is now so huge that Uruguay is too small a country for it. Event. So it would have to be Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, and Chile. Apparently. Yeah. And the rival bids are likely to be from Spain and Portugal together because it's it's the, the, to create a big enough unit. Yes, yes. And yes. China, more sports oh, watching no, for them. No, because it's because Uruguay famously have a population of about five point nine million. Or they're very like small. They're very, very small. Very, very small. They're still the smallest uh, population country to have won it, aren't they? And, uh, and it yes, it yes. I, I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have thought. I mean, so. and also the pressure would have been on to step up the level of corruption and human rights that we can muster here. You know, just to meet FIFA's criteria for hosting. Yeah. I mean, we're on the point of embarrassing a prime minister into resigning over a bit of cake and some balloons. It's not exactly the fall of the fucking Roman Empire, is it? <laughs> um, oh, you say that. I say that. Yeah, yeah. Now, so yes, as you say, we're, we're they're preparing a joint bid instead for the 2028 Euros, and which also seems a bit odd. And it seems a bit odd of a thing for Boris Johnson to get behind as well, since his his whole defining effort was to separate us off from Europe. Yeah. Was to it was to create as much distance as possible from Europe to to, to look out into the rest of the world, you know. And why would the rest of the west of Europe vote to have the Euros here? I mean, look at how they vote in Eurovision. You know, it's yeah, something yeah. we're never going to have to host because no, the winners host the next one. And the rest of Europe's disdain for the UK is sort of nakedly I, on show. Isn't I can it? only think that Boris Johnson's heard that the European Championship finals are like four weeks of non-stop partying, and that's <laughs> very much his thing—the flag waving and the whiff yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. apparently, I, I read that the FA have been on a charm offensive to counter European oh, perceptions. God help us! Of, yeah, imagine, imagine <laughs> this to counter European perceptions of English arrogance. And Boris Johnson seems the perfect figurehead for that. That, doesn't he? I mean, those pesky Europeans, they're going to realise they've got it all wrong. We're actually way more arrogant than they ever thought they ever thought possible. A short uh, PS, did you, see any, did you see any of the AFCON final? 
Which the FIFA guy was at, Gianni Infantino. Was at. Uh, no, I, I, I actually missed the final. Uh, I, I saw a, a lot game. of the AFCON. It's a tedious um, game, unfortunately. Uh, and Infantino looked like he was going to fall asleep during it. He, they, they had a shot of him in, in the VIP mm-hmm. area. And he looked like he was, going, he was bored to the point of rudeness. And then at the end, they crapped up the trophy presentation altogether. They had they had this stage, you know how they do now. They have the stage set up on the on the grass yeah. for the players to get up, and then they. But Infantino decided he wasn't going to give them the trophy there, and he ran away with it up the steps to like what would be the royal box, right? You know, okay. and beckoning Koulibaly, the Senegal captain, after him, and he refused to do it. Is that right? No, no, he no, went. He, he went, went to, up, but right. he didn't know what was going on, and it looks like a little parody trophy as well. It looked really light. A Sabutio trophy. It looked like it looked like it was gold painted um, balsa wood with okay. ping pong balls under it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> like a school project, you know. Yeah. And, and they presumably thought they they got him up to to the president of Cameroon and yeah. the, and some Afghan bigwig, and they presumably they, then they're fighting over the three of them with Infantino, who's going to give it to Koulibaly, and mm. in the end. Six hands are giving him this tiny little flyweight thing. Yeah, yeah. And they presumably think he's going to turn and do the crap, and then they'll be in all the pictures. And Koulibaly took it off them and then ran all the way back down the stairs to where his teammates were. Of course. To where his teammates were with the people who won the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was embarrassing, I thought. But but also, of course, um, last weekend was the the FA Cup, which was just about to become the most brilliant FA Cup for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with with, uh, West Ham... um, Scoring two goals outside of normal time, if you like one. Well, yeah, that was an extraordinary game. Wasn't it? I mean, it I, was. they are saying, you know, the FA Cup is back. And the thing is, the people who are saying it's uh, the people who are saying that it wasn't. So, you know, what do they know? They're yes. clearly just showing. Well, absolutely. And actually, I mean, I thought it was really great. And what was quite interesting was that, um, you know, quite a few Premier League. Uh, ship time, uh, to teams won in extra time, which is because they pay fewer matches than the rest of us. Yeah. So well, you know, what extra, are they moaning about? The extra time thing, you know, that's new this year, isn't it? I quite I, like I, it. Having quite, extra time in the I first game. I quite like it. I think it's made it more immediate. I think that idea that by the end of this weekend, we know who will be in the next round. Of I suppose, course. but if you put yourself, you know, your Kidderminster Harriers, you know, you were, oh, you yeah, were yeah. the 91st minute equaliser, you'd have had a replay. You know, yeah, uh, and, and you wouldn't have had uh, yeah. extra time and the hundred twenty-first minute demoralising. No, general. I think I think that I I don't know. I think it's actually helped a little bit. I and don't Plymouth think it, would I don't have think had it, a replay. At yeah, I don't think it helps financially. I I I, I agree with you. Well, I'm looking at it from the point of view of the aspiring ninety-two club member, and I rely <laughs> on a handful of cup draws every season to yeah. scratch another ground off the map. Yes, you know? yes, and also the potential of being a plucky uh, non-league club. I don't wish that on there you. There is that. Listen, listen. I I think it was all ruined. By the draw, of course, which kept all the Premiership teams apart, apart, apart from Southampton and, and somebody else. And it happened way early as well, didn't it? It did happen early. But I, because I was going to, I was saving this story, okay, for the final when Stoke <laughs> got there. But now we've drawn Crystal Palace away. We're not going to get there. I want to tell you my, my FA Cup uh, final story about okay. my friend Sarge, who you've met. So Sarge, yeah. my mate, who, who comes from Stoke and he ended up working at Wembley, then he worked at the Millennium Stadium. So he's in charge of the FA Cup final, the Millennium Stadium, West Ham versus Liverpool, all right? Mm-hmm. And his big thing is once all the crowd's in, you know, he can have a bit of a relax because he's worried about trouble outside blah 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 so they all get in five minutes into the game he gets a call oh Sarge Sarge there's, there's been a fatality in the West Ham end 
So obviously that's that's absolutely awful. And yeah. so he goes up there and they've taken the body away and he knows it's, 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 it's an old gentleman. He's had a heart attack. Absolutely tragic. Mm. And his son's still sitting there, of course. So he goes in and, he's, and he sits next to the son in the bloke's seat and he goes, I'm really sorry about that. Blah, blah, blah. Would you... <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, would, I, I, just, I just had a, it was saying, I'm your new dad. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So he says, he says I'm really sorry. Um, we need you to come just to come out and, you know, we'll do all the formalities, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So the bloke goes, it's the fucking cup final. It's the cup final. It's, I'm not leaving my... I'm not going anywhere. It's you know the, how much I paid for it's this? It's the cup final. <laughs> so, 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 oh, okay. He says, my dad would want me to be watching. Yeah, yeah. He says, well, I'll tell you what, we'll take you somewhere... You know, uh, in a different part of the ground. So they take him up. They take him up to this like executive box, executive area, and he goes in there and he's watching the rest of the first half. And then, um, of course, he comes to half time, and he's actually in the area that they've saved from Prince William. <laughs> so Prince William comes in, and Prince William goes, "I'm very sorry to hear about your dad because he's been briefed and he's chatting yeah, yeah. away to Prince William." And then Sven Uren Eriksson comes in, so he's <laughs> chatting away to Sven Uren Eriksson. Okay, and then Alan Pardew cut short his half-time team talk to come up and speak to the boy who's right, I mean, I'll okay. say boy man yeah, yeah, yeah. whose dad has died. So he's chatting away, blah blah blah. And there was the second half, and West Ham do really well, but in the end they lose. I think in extra time, don't they, to, yeah. to a Gerard goal, yeah. blah blah blah. Anyway, it goes on and on and on and on, and they said. Look, at the end, he's and he's necking quite a lot of you know, he's yeah. you know, it's all free. And eventually, you know, Sven leaves and Prince William yeah. leaves, and, and he's still there, and he's still there, and it's like eight o'clock at night. And they're going, Well, you know, listen, um, obviously you're gonna have to go to the hospital to identify the body and all that, and yeah. you know, really sorry, what a what an absolutely awful time. And he goes, No, it's been the best day of my life. This has been without doubt the best. Day of my life. So they usher him out and they, they said, look, anything we can do, let us know. Here's my card. Yeah. Please keep in touch. We want to make sure everything's all right. You need to get back to London, etc. Anything you need, you contact us here at the Millennium Stadium. We will make it happen. <laughs> and he goes into the lift and the door's shut. Okay. And then in comedy fashion, the door's open again. And he says, any chance of any take that tickets? <laughs> <laughs> And on that, I think <laughs> we'll that, take a break. I think we will. <laughs> To celebrate our 25th edition of the Famous Sloping Pitch, we've gone all the way back to the beginning and invited back our very first guest. In this, the first in occasional series of guest suggestions to improve the game that we all love. <laughs> it's a kind of if I ruled the world of football. And our first manifesto belongs to the wonderful Tim Lovejoy. Tim, you're very, very welcome Tim, to be well, here. Good to thank see you for having me back. Yeah. Thank well, you. Well, you know, I think it, it, it occurs to all of us at some stage that there should be changes. Oh, lots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, some of them purely for, for only for the benefit of our own team, but others, because I believe you love the game itself, not just your own team. So, what, what, what's what, what are the what are your bugbears and what, and what are your solutions to them? Well, okay, well I'll, I'll start with a populist one, right? okay. the one that everybody wants. will be the judge of that. No, I, <laughs> I, I really you. don't think we represent the population, Chris. <laughs> All your listeners will love this one: retrospective bans for cheating or as they like to call it simulation yeah yes. okay, okay. We, we look we watch someone go down yeah. and rather than calling it winning a foul winning yeah. a penalty oh we, he's got a right to go down he's there. got a right to go down <laughs> yeah. 
Rather than that, we call it fraud against the fans. I yeah. like it. And because the fans are either paying for their subscription yeah. or their TV license for their watching yeah. match of the day or their tickets into the game, you are you are fr- being fraudulent against... Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Against, so who decides? Against, as a panel of fans decide or who... who fans? Who decide? <laughs> do you need, do you need, I was going ex-pros, but let's go yeah, fans. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, and, who's, the fraud, who's the fraud against? And, and, and anyway. there's going to have to be a medical element to this, isn't there? You know, how do you how do you definitively prove what to the punishment? That this, that this, I mean, okay, if it's if it's um, you know if it's if it's pretending you've been hit in the face when you've been yeah you know that's yeah. really clear. Yeah. But if it, if you've gone down with you know he's feeling his groin as they the, the they West Ham bloke this week with the dive he did I can't think of what his name is now that West Ham oh bloke. it's hilarious God just in the cup game it was just that was an absolute joke it was like an advert yeah, and he went Lanzini down that, somebody like yeah that's it and he he should be you know I mean he should get a month ban for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, not be able to play for a while. Not so, that he gets a game anyway. It was a, it was a cup game, <laughs> yeah. So it's got, to be, it's got to be a clear and obvious oh, and the, ridiculous. Yeah, or the one where kick, He should kick his cat and get a game then. Or the, or the one, <laughs> I'm not getting involved in that. Or the, or, the one, uh, or the one where he holds his face, as you just Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, it's a re- retrospective ban. And I, uh, we need to change the language, as you just said. We need to stop people like Michael Owen, love him dearly, great footballer, yeah. um, but saying he had the right to go down. Yeah. We need to stop all that talk. And, and we what, need to, there's a little bit of contact there. Yeah. You know, and all that. Yeah, he needs yeah. to go down. We need to say, no, that's cheating. Yeah. Cheating the fan. We need to change the language so it's cheating the fan because they're the ones who... Uh, who yeah. are, well, and, and, and it's, it is the cheating, the lying. It's a metaphor for life. We've got a lot of that going on in Parliament at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's being reflected. People going down. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I enjoy that. Jacob Rees Mogg goes down yeah, yeah. in the House of Commons. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I mean, they have they have this the most spurious, strangest um, um, offence of all in football, which is bringing the game into disrepute. And it, it strikes me that that is exactly what's happening yes. when somebody does something like that. I was only reminded the other day we've come a long way since Robbie Fowler dived against David Seaman and, and, and a, got up and, and, and apologised. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, yeah. David. Sorry, yeah, yeah. David. Did he score the penalty in there? I think he did, didn't he? I can't I remember. Know. Did he? I, I, no, he did. I don't though. think he did. He I missed it. He missed it, it. Yeah. on purpose. I can't really remember. But it was a beautiful day, wasn't it? Where he went, where he was going. No, no. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arsene Wenger replayed a game because uh, yes, uh, because of the Sheffield United. Wasn't We're it? Yeah. so far away from that well, now, aren't well, we? The funny We're thing so about that away. is that actually, uh, and that was Arsenal offering to replay against Sheffield United. Arsenal have done that twice this season already which is carry on when a player's down right. and then score a goal, mm. which tells you, you know, this is the, you know, the marble halls of Highbury and I all suppose, of that bloody yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, they used to be, didn't they, in the language, in the FA language, they used to be not only bringing the game into disrepute, but also ungentlemanly conduct. Yes, yes. Which is a very sort of, obviously, a very uh, hangover from a Victorian era when people actually used to behave in a more gentlemanly way. Well, fashion. I thank but you to, to refer only to yourself in that, sir. Well, I'm oh, I'm far older than you two, <laughs> but it's it's uh, that should still be you know that should still be a a, a thing that can be brought out for um, players surrounding the referee, for instance, for players surrounding the referee for uh, wanting a penalty or wanting wanting him to go to the VAR screen or wanting him to book somebody or blah blah blah. This it's ungentlemanly conduct not to just take the referee's word for something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, that uh, there is a there used to be that catch all. Yeah, but didn't there also? I mean, I mean, yeah, this might maybe be me just having rose tinted glasses. Well, I have got those, but mm. didn't there used to be like players in your own team 
that would pick you up by the scruff of the neck and say, get on with it, lad, sort of well, thing. I remember that? real change at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea, where Didier Drogba came along, one of the greatest strikers we've ever had, but spent all the games on his ass. I mm. mean, it was ludicrous how much, how often he went down. And it ended up like, like watching American football. We'd just be gaining yardage as he'd go down yeah, and we'd take yeah. a free kick. And there was at one stage, there was a cutaway of uh, some, one of the senior pros, I won't mention his name, Frank Lampard. And, and you, you could see him <laughs> just like roll his eyes. He's like, I want to play football. No, exactly, well, what the exactly. hell are you doing? And well, it's like, but as fans, we were, we were getting there. We were going... <laughs> Just get yeah, the just, yeah, yeah. get the fuck up. Absolutely, and I and I, you know, I share your pain on that. And you, the other thing is, a player who you don't even see any challenge, particular challenge, will just lie on the floor and wait until the other team are shamed into putting the ball out for a throw in. And you think it's yeah. like it's, it's if that could happen in the marathon, it would be like somebody's about eighth and just goes like, stop, everybody, stop! I've got a stick, I've got a shoelace. Lost, you know, it's, <laughs> it can't be right. Can I, might, I might have mentioned this on your on your last on the last time I was on this podcast, but there was a time where um, Sunes was sitting with uh, Mika Richard, Micah Richards, and um, I can't remember who else was there. And and I think Mo Salah had gone down, and he was like a Liverpool fan, obviously hmm. Sunes, and he was going, but that's kind of cheating. And the others were like looking at him like he was mental. The <laughs> idea that going down now yeah, is yeah. cheating. We've moved that far away. Well, we that have. Like the, a dinosaur for the statistics speaking. are that that you know there's the balls in play less now than than ever before. It, it diminishes every season yeah. because there's because there's time wasting because there's players going down because mm. it takes so long to start the game up again when when uh, Drogba's successor, whoever that is, yeah. mm. you know, sits on his ass and waits for the waits for the game to start again. Yeah, it's 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 boring to watch. Do you want to get? Can I, can I move on to my next? Yes, one? move yeah, on to your yeah. next one. I mean, I think are, are we know, accepted we, that. Are we? Are we, I, think are we, we are I think we'd all back that. Difficult to implement, but you know, we like it. What are, the game needs is an independent regulator to bring that sort of thing. <laughs> we, are we taking that one to FIFA or the FA? Which one? Anyway, yeah, the, to the Tracy Crouch report. Um, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my next one is the is the the thing which is been done in pubs for years and years yeah. and years. But I think it might be worth experimenting with now because of VAR. When you start drawing lines all over the bloody television screen, you know there's something wrong. And yeah. I don't think VAR is going anywhere. So I, <laughs> I'm not I'm not dying on this hill, by the way. But, but, but let's, let's scrap the offside law. Let's just do it. And I, I did this actually on my podcast a while ago. I got to the letter O and I was running out of ideas. So I was doing the alphabet. <laughs> And I, I went, uh, get, rid of, get rid of the offside law. But then I started... Very rich format you've given. <laughs> but then, but then yeah. I was... Uh, the dictionary works the same way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 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 We were doing the A to Z of football. Got to, I went offside, let's get rid of the rule. And then I started looking into it. And, and did you know that in hockey, they used to have the offside law? And then one day, the clever people in hockey, field hockey, went, let's just get rid of it. So I interviewed Alex Danson about it, who's a England and British um, uh, striker she was and uh she said she's they're all amazed watching football that football is still going yeah, yeah. with this rule because i said the, the thing is don't you just get the long ball game and she says no because in this is hockey not football you know we're gonna yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah. possession pep guardiola would love this pep, possession is king yeah. and if you're attacking with 11 and you're defending with 10 because you're leaving one man up you're going to concede goals. They found yeah. that out very early when they started to do those tactics. I did point out that the ball goes in the air a lot more in football. And she says, still, the advantage is always with the uh, uh, the defender, really, because you've got to control it, wait for teams to come up. Not only does it create more space on the pitch if you do it, Yeah. okay, you, you um, increase the amount of people who score goals because midfield always 
come up that strikers go long eventually because yeah. you open you try and open the pitch out she said it's exhausting footballers would get exhausted mm. but it wouldn't you wouldn't then just have all the emphasis on one striker scoring all the goals you, you you know the whole team would come in so we could devalue some of those expensive strikers but i don't know i know johan cruyff they tried it once in uh, I think in a Holland, in a Dutch league or something, and Johan yeah, Cruyff yeah. said it was the worst thing that he'd ever done. But they haven't tried it very they often. Tried it. Well, and, and it not, did they not try it in America? Did they not try that for a little? Yeah, bit? and they've had the they've well, had, they had the, that thirty that, yard they've line. They've had the thirty they? yard line where you can be offside. I mean, I've, I've got a feeling that 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 the offside rule, and, and I may have this completely wrong, came in because. What happened was, in fact, it was to do with defence rather than attack. So they would often have a player, basically, a goal hanger. Yeah. But I think, I'm, I'm right in saying mm. this, Newcastle United started it, it having six defenders in the six-yard box mm. to negate the one goal-hanging striker. And so what happened was the game just became incredibly sterile mm. because, you know, the, the trouble is that, that I find is that as the years go on, the negative side of the game dominates more and more and more and more. The idea of stopping people playing, stopping people scoring, except if you don't concede a goal, you can't lose a game type of thing. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I think it's a great idea, but I think there'd have to be some caveats and there, therefore Why? there'd be an offside law. Well, but the, 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 we've now got these things like phases of play, and yeah. and um, yeah, what we just don't know what off, no one knows what offside law is. The, the other day, right, there was a goal scored, and uh, the goalkeeper was up, and the whole of the British public had no idea that it was two people behind the ball, you yeah, know, and it's yeah. usually a goalie. And everyone's going, well, it's a goal, it's a goal. And it's like, no one even knows the bloody basic rule, <laughs> which is two people is in two this people, country. Yeah. It was it was amazing if you went onto social media, people were so confused. Yeah. So that basic law. So I don't know. I'm, 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 as I said, I'm not going to die on this hill, but I'm willing to try it because I think it, it yeah, could Yeah, I mean, it, it, would change how, it would change how teams set up in defence, wouldn't it? You wouldn't be able to play that. You wouldn't, there would be no point in playing that, that high, high defensive line, line yeah, yeah. or that bizarre high line that Liverpool play for when they've conceded a free kick. And they're very high up and there's yeah. a lot of space in behind because there'd be no incentive on the forwards not to just be in it. Could, why can't we trial it down like, I don't oh, know, no, where, where Oldham play, where people don't care, that sort yeah. of thing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, next season. <laughs> the world's worst barrister. <laughs> no, Your Honour. Like when your team, Oldham. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you okay. Know. okay. Uh, yeah, why, don't yeah. we, why don't we trial it in the, in the Club World Cup final? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's well, that because they trialled the thing, didn't they, in the semi-final? Did you see this? The the different VAR thing that they trialled in the in the the Chelsea game. Yeah, uh, which was uh, a, a thing which has uh, twenty nine points uh, data points on each player's body. Uh, absurd thing, and it tracks them. It tracks them skeletally, right? And, right. and can and can answer the offside question without putting lines on the pitch you can ah, answer it right. very quickly you can just get I mean, a lot rule. of technology yeah. it's just a lot of cameras everywhere and a lot of uh but but it's like it's like you know for motion capture you know yeah, 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 they've yeah. Got the spots are they've got on the knee and on the thing and they, they trialed it in the in the uh in the Al Hilal <laughs> Chelsea, the big clash <laughs> does, it, does it also the mean you can make the players appear like Gollum because <laughs> <laughs> yes. once you've got the shape it's fine no exactly yeah I mean uh, every game will have 11 Andy circuses in it yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know the other thing I'm, I'm tempted talking about that is I'm, I'm really tempted I don't know if they've ever tried this tried this before putting more than one ref on the pitch like We've got the linos. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, just think of basketball. And I think it's Aussie rules have like 
30 refs on the pitch or something and mm. um but if you think about i the, think some of those are players well they seem to be touching with their hands i don't know <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you get the you get like uh you get like uh, uh the basketball you've got two refs on the pitch because it's a quick moving game and they're big guys you know there's not yeah. a lot of room they still manage to maneuver around and i'm wondering whether we couldn't just get a couple like or give the linos some whistles because well, empowering one man yeah and and, yeah. and 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 of course the power of the assistant referee the linos has just diminished to nothing yes they can do nothing nothing yeah they're because not allowed yeah. to put their when flag you see on. Lines, when you see it outside, <laughs> they've got a flag and they can't wave the flag yeah, don't, don't wave that you might, yeah. you might stop a slow moving train or something. <laughs> <laughs> but they tried didn't they they tried putting some men behind the goal for a while they didn't did they? yes they oh, did yeah. the fifth but, the fifth, oh, that fifth was, official and they were the same they no weren't power. allowed to do <laughs> anything <laughs> at all officials and then one guy in the middle it's like they're like those dummy police cars you get sometimes get at hotels yeah <laughs> you know, there is no policeman but there's a police car there yeah but they try I mean, the other, I mean just talk about other things I mean golden goal silver goal all of these really? things they have, they have tried things they've just tried the wrong things yeah. I think yeah I, do, I worry about giving all that power to one man in the middle you know we know what happens if you give one man power well Look at yeah and, and, and you know th- those uh... <laughs> it's just going to be a Stalin thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah look at the dictators and like... <laughs> no, but those those people as well that you, you refereeing attracts a very particular sort of personality people and they can't play but, football uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or teach <laughs> but, but or teach gym yeah. <laughs> but the, those are those are the wrong people to be in charge of anything those people those very they're very uh, capricious and very sort of uh, yeah. opinionated and I, I said this a couple of weeks ago that I think the problem with the VAR as it stands at the moment is that you've got a referee on the pitch and the other person giving the decision is also a referee is the bloke who refereed the, the last game that you saw and they've switched places and yeah. that those people should be should be a, a, a different yeah. genre of person and that VAR should be the expert you, you watch the, the match of the day and the ex-player tells you well that's you know, the ex-player knows that player's dived or knows what that player's intention is at the that point why don't we listen to those people in the in the well, var thing I, so that you've got the referee you've got a referee's viewpoint and not uh, a, another referee who's who but, might have the same idiosyncratic and capricious but, but, upbringing but, that the first referee had. the interesting thing about that is i'm willing to i am willing to accept generally that referees try to be neutral between the two teams mm-hmm. apart but from they, scott oldham but, who's, but, who's yes, got a real scott problem oldham, with, uh, <laughs> but the idea that referees necessarily like each other Mm. It's balmy, and so in fact, if you are the VAR referee and you think the referee's a bit and of a wanker the, and, and get gets more to, games than you get, mm. and you get the chance to, to make him come all the way over to <laughs> yeah, the thing to yeah. show him what a muggy yeah. is, yeah. yeah, he's not very yeah. fit. Let's well, get him over to the touchline. <laughs> what I heard, and I don't know how true this is, but what I heard is there's a real hierarchy stuff going on yeah, in yeah. the ref. There's a real competition, mm. and when the ref comes out, he is so much more powerful than the, the linos, mm. and so the referee is always in control and as you say they can't they've got no power anyway yeah, yeah. but he doesn't really like them to do much anyway no, no, he wasn't no. but i think if you empower more than one person mm. you've got then a team trying to trying to i, I agree with you totally i mean you i mean you see it all the time linesman not giving the direction of a throw in until he gets the nod from the referee and right. you think it's my job to, to, to know to who's the that. last, but, yeah. but I've got to wait for you to tell, yeah. and, and that doesn't. You see it all the time. You know that very late flag, and it's often 
Tell me, tell me, tell, yeah, that way. And you, you see, know. you see, don't you see, you see quite high profile referees being the fourth official whose job seems to be to hold up the, mm. the substitute board and to have the managers in his, in his face and complaining about yeah. this and complaining about the things that are happening on the field that he has no way of intervening in at all, uh, has no, no way of having an opinion on, no way of changing, contacting the referee to argue a point. Yeah. They're just there to... To take, they're, they're literally, to take that sort of face spittle. They're the whipping boys. They are quite yeah. literally yeah. Know, taking the whipping from the referee. Yeah, but a ball boy could do the, you know, the, the substitute ball. Ah, oh, you mm. say that. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want another idea? Yeah, 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 yeah. of we course. Still, we still got time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next idea is going to be unpopular. And that's all we've got time for. <laughs> I, I obviously we we all come from uh, we we all done some broadcasting in our time and 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 it's a big part of the game now. It's shifted, hasn't it? Now mm. it used to be the best place, the best seat was in the stadium. Now it's probably at home because you've got the VAR and all that sort of stuff. It's mm-hmm. sort of moved slightly. And and there's a couple of aspects to the to the to the filming of football games that I I would change. And one of the aspects is I would go to the Spanish way they film it to start. With. It's only a small thing, but in in the Premier League and the English football, what we do is we we, we film it quite tight. Yes, mm. far too tight. The Spanish, so you can actually see the, yeah, yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and, and I, I don't know why we've stuck with the way we've done it, but we have for years. I, I agree with that totally. And I'd like to see the phases of the game, which is fashionable to say, but I'd like to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a kind of false immediacy, isn't there, about seeing uh, seeing the too much, too close. Mm. Yeah. I mean, particularly now in cricket, it drives me mad when they they play a shot and the camera follows the ball and you can't see whether there's any... Fielders around to all, you, all you're watching is the ball rolling. And then somebody comes in out of shot. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. and you yeah. think it's going to be a four and then someone just whizzes across and picks it up. Well, and it, 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 I don't know why they show cricket that, but football same yeah i mean they show they show it far too close far too tight well and and i think and i also think that actually strange enough that that way of showing football and that way that a lot of people you know let's face it a lot of people only watch football television yeah and so so they see they see a decision on say uh, uh offside as being a totally separate thing from the thing that's happened goal gets scored then we'll see if it's offside when you go to a game i mean the first thing you do First of all, you have a vague sense of when it's going to be offside, which you can't get from television. And mm. the, one of the first things you do, whether you know you're doing it or not, is you look to the linesman, yeah, don't you? Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. uh, people jump up and you go, it's offside. That's yeah. what you're looking yeah. But people, they don't know how to watch football like that. And one of the other things is you get you get players like, I, I remember um, for some reason I hadn't seen Roy Keane play football, even though everyone was talking about how brilliant he was. And Chelsea were playing United. I was at Stamford Bridge. And I was thinking, why is everyone talking about how brilliant Roy Keane is? When you actually watch Roy Keane, which was the same with Frank Lampard in the end, they were never more than 10 metres away from the ball. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, they were just so positional on the space. But you can't see that if you're watching TV. That's, that's no, exactly no. right. The first, first time when, when uh, came up, the first time we played Tottenham, I suddenly realised why Harry Kane was such a brilliant player. Because <laughs> he's doing stuff all oh, over yeah. the place yeah. that isn't involving the ball. Yeah. And you, you, you don't do, get that at all from television. You do get to see sometimes, don't you? When you're watching, you're watching uh, I was watching last night, watching Match of the Day last night, and you you watch the game, but then when, when the pundits are talking about it, you do see they have that, that uh, higher up view, that that wider view yeah. that they can that they can try and make a pundit point out of. I was watching Mike Richards talking about the Newcastle game, about how Everton were giving the ball away from the back, 
uh, too easily. And Newcastle, apparently, Micah Richards' uh, point was that they were setting traps in triangles. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the graphic thing was drawing triangles between... And you can draw... <laughs> any, any three points is a triangle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any three <laughs> yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like he'd spotted some, some great sort of oh, visionary yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it, One of the triangles went was long and thin and went the whole width of the pitch. <laughs> and then became an, an irregular quadrilateral as someone else ran across yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it, but you do see, you do see uh, a, a view in the in the in the pundit arena sometimes that you're not shown in the coverage. Yes. You know? Yeah, and, and actually, and, and you sparking it all off, which is exactly what was meant to happen. But um, also, why why do both the commentators? watch the game live and not not one of them doesn't watch on television because mm. there's some things that are really obvious <laughs> on the television screen that, that you see them arguing about and you think mm. well surely one of you should be watching one of you can watch the close-up one of you watch the wider mm. uh, I, I just feel some because sometimes it's just so obvious they made such terrible terrible errors mm. Uh, mm. one way or another go oh. on time for one more quite what well, one more and this is possibly the the most controversial because you you two are, are, are is it going to be about the north <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the North South divide. We, we, we hate the North. Just no, <laughs> half time. Yeah. Half time in TV terms. This yes. is. Yeah. Let's talk about. I'm staying on broadcast here. Why are we? Why can't it change a bit? Like, um, I, who remembers Martin O'Neill talking to Robbie Williams? Brilliant television, right? Do you remember that? No. Oh God! <laughs> the World Cup when he starts telling him he's ah oh, anyway. So, bring some other people in. We all know what they're gonna say. I always got yeah. told don't touch the crown jewels. But when I was working at one of the TV, well, not when you're on camera, Tim. Well, it depends what sort of program it is. It would become a different sort of. Yeah. It wouldn't be a cookery program. I, I remember Samuel L. Jackson being up. Who's he sporting now? Liverpool or Everton or someone? He was at one of those matches. Yes. And I said, get him up at half time to, yes. to, to have a chat. That's what yeah, they should yeah. do. Because we'd be really interested in that. Like, no, it's the crown jewels. Yet yeah, we've all worked in TV. And you know for a fact, half time, the ratings absolutely plummet down to yeah. bloody zero yeah. and come back because no one's watching that and stuff all the, at all the electric time. goes up because the kettle yes and yeah. but it's yeah. still that way that goes yeah. down and i said put a celebrity in there even if it's yeah. crap at least you can tweet i don't like him or whatever well, yeah. <laughs> we had the, when adrian came on adrian charles came on a few weeks ago um he was saying that he hated doing the football on itv because there was nothing at halftime they're just because there'd be adverts and then you know, what do you think what do you think and then more adverts there was no, no time to do anything no yeah. time to even interest himself you know in yeah. anything yeah Put a celebrity yes. in there. Yeah. Like the FA Cup draw. Now, I, I have to ask you about uh, your new website project, uh, Tim. Oh, okay. Before we go any further, uh, because <laughs> I've been given 10 quinges of the <laughs> <on that>. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a new platform called lovejoy.co.uk because I've been doing my podcast now, I think, like 280 odd episodes. Yikes. And oh, God, uh, I've really? Yeah, I've interviewed Chris here and I've interviewed loads of different people yeah. and lots of people of expertise on things like health and diet and fitness and whatever sure. uh-huh. and I've taken all that information not all of it yet because we're still doing it but taken snippets of it and stuck it online so people can read it and uh, it's it's free there's no paywall you can go on there and just look at all the information I'm going to try and make some how, online content how, for how many episodes did you say you've done? 280 and all, uh, uh, lots of uh, advice about, about fitness well there are health. some yeah. yeah not all of them because I did some football podcasts in the middle of that I think I got yeah. to let uh, oh yeah you did the alphabet yeah I did the alphabet well I mean I mean, I don't want to I'm not one to hype something but it strikes me if there's that much information in there possibly if you bother visiting tell us again 
lovejoy.co.uk you might find the answer to eternal life you do that's the place to find it or if at it's least anywhere. to that other thing that's been bugging you yes whatever that what is, is that? <laughs> I, oh I god i remember oh, it's gone out right in my head now i'm just speaking generally to the world at large i don't know what's bugging them tim i get the feeling you've got many 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 more suggestions to improve not just the world oh, of football god, so but many. the world yes quite frankly I, got, I, I didn't even get to the beach ball bit uh, <laughs> oh no well there's a teaser for 26 weeks time ladies and gentlemen and tim lovejoy returned thank you all for listening don't forget to download it and we may or may not be back next week Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.